Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast. A weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I am your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amon. And welcome to episode 15, Hardball. David, give us a quick synopsis of what Hardball is. Jenna keeps fucking up. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Also, she hates America. Hates America. Uh, and there's nothing else that happens in this episode at all. It's just that. No, there's a there's some good running storylines through this. Um, they're all pretty solid. They um, one sort of runs throughout the rest of the series, while the other two are strictly for this episode alone. But the Jenna storyline is fun, especially when you sort of look at it in a modern light of <sighs> Nazis, like swastikas and. There's, there's some stuff there that we can get into. A modern light that wasn't available about Nazis in 2000 and But I mean, like, we didn't think, like, oh man, like, Nazism would be at the forefront as it is now in 2007. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it more as we get there. Uh, we also get um, Kenneth officially joins the entourage. And then we get the negotiation tactics of Jack. And I know, I, I know what you want to talk about. We'll get there. We'll get there. But... Um, yeah, this is a pretty solid episode all around. Uh, anything else before we get started? You won't hop right into it. I can't wait to find out what I want to talk about. Ta- okay. Well, I'll remind you as we get there. Uh, so we're going to start in this episode. This is a really long cold open. I think it's clocked in at about two and a half minutes before we actually get to the credits. So it's going to be cut up a little bit, a little bit diced up. Uh, so it opens up with Jenna at a photo shoot as being the number four on Maxim's Sexiest Women in Comedy. So I'm 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 genuinely curious who the top five is, much less the the one, two, and three. But sadly, we'll never know. Wow, this is an honor. I am friends with number four on Maxim's list of the sexiest women in comedy. Thanks. At first, I was mad that Jessica Simpson was ahead of me, but then I saw the Dukes of Hazard. Funny. What is that, baby oil? Actually, they use salad dressing because it gets a better sheen. Jenna, this is ridiculous. What does any of this have to do with comedy? You burnt. Listen, I just, I want to make sure you're not going to regret this, you know, because it's, it's not just cute guys that buy these magazines. It's teenage boys with weird rashes and old guys that live at the Y. Liz, posing in Maxim is a great career move. There's no shame in it. I'm laughing, I'm horny, let's do this. Chicken near your mouth. Awesome. Remember when Jessica Simpson was in Dukes of Hazard and did a cover of These Boots Are Made for Walkin'? That was her, like, whispering all the verses or something? Uh, Yeah. That was terrible. It really was. Like, Like, I mean, people, like, I, I don't know. A lot of people rag on covers and like say most covers are not as good as the original, but that cover was really, really bad. Real, I mean, it was really, really that like sexy, sultry, whispering singing that I don't know. Like I, part of me would take that over this like breathless singing that a lot of pop stars do nowadays. So like, I mean, one's not that much better than than the other, but. I don't know. It was, I'm not defending that song. It's a, it's a terrible song. It's a pretty terrible movie. Sadly, I did watch it. Oh, I haven't seen it. You're not missing out on anything. I didn't think but I, I never paid for it. It was when I was working at the theater. So Ooh. I I dodged. I did. I did not contribute to its box office growth. I'm sure. I'm sure it did well enough. I don't. Really uh, I think know. it's alright. I mean, it probably at least made its budget back. Well, you look happy. Somebody just have a root beer float? No. Josh's contract is up, which means it's time for my favorite thing in the world, negotiation. The essence of capitalism, there's nothing like it. God, I wish there was somebody I could negotiate with right now. Hey, Jack. Just a reminder, I need a couple minutes to go over breakage today. How's noon? Can't do that. Make it 4 a.m. Oh, that's no good. What about after rehearsal? 10 o'clock. Stop insulting me. 3 a.m. Midnight. You bring the coffee. 2.30. You bring the coffee. That's my final. Done. Wow, you do have a talent. I can't wait to go mano a mano with Josh. Right, I think you mean mano a toddler. Josh is a very sweet, very dumb kid. Please go easy on him. I'll try to remember that when you and I meet with him later. 
But me? No, don't make me be a part of this. I mean, I would like to teach you something. I would like to be Michelle Pfeiffer to your angry black kid who learns that poetry is just another way to rap. No, Jack, I don't want to learn about negotiation. I just want Josh to stay. The show needs him. Lesson number one, you don't need anyone. Sure, Josh tests well with female viewers 12 to 24, which is important to advertisers because young women will buy just about anything. These sunglasses have a chip in them that makes the lenses change color as my iPod loses power. But whatever Josh brings to the show, he's still replaceable. He's not replaceable as my friend. He's not your friend now. He's your opponent. He's going to try to grab all the marbles, and it's our job to hide them. That's not how you play marbles, Jack. But that's how you keep them. So in the context of that time period, that does sound ridiculous. But if you look at nowadays and the things that people want, like the basically useless things people want, they're, I, I mean, devices, <laughs> but I mean, just random things they have to be quote unquote smart like it actually is almost funnier now because it's like mm-hmm. nowadays like that sort of thing i mean obviously not an ipod but i could totally imagine someone pitching sunglasses that tell you when some device's battery is getting low and people being crazy about it oh and yeah, it wouldn't I mean, seem ridiculous in 2019 it wouldn't be i mean like i mean that's sort of the idea of what augmented reality is going to be pushing is this idea of where you don't need devices to tell you anything you can just sort of look a certain way or, or make a certain gesture and you find that information out which i am all for if there's some sort of technology that allows me to have some sort of optic ability to i don't know see something with my eye or uh, I mean, I, I think I pitched this idea to you a while back, but like taking the idea of like Google Glass where everything is just sort of in the front of you. Let's say you're like walking around a town and you're like, man, I want to see what restaurants are around. See, and you know, or if you're walking by a restaurant and, you know, maybe it's across the street, something like that. But you can just like look at the restaurant and then you can pull all of the information about that restaurant just right in front of your eyes. You can pull up their menu, pull up their prices, pull up all of that stuff. That's what I want. I like that idea. It's also kind of terrifying to to sort of have everything right there in front of you and and the possibility of like hacking and all of that stuff. But honestly, I don't have anything to worry about like to hide, so I'm not too concerned with someone hacking my stuff. But. Well, right, but that's at least somewhat useful. I mean, right, right, right. your yeah, sunglasses no, indicating superficial... when your battery is low is stupid and no, something I that, that I could totally see someone pitching in all seriousness and raising God knows how much venture capital. I agree. I agree. And I'm sure there actually have been tech startups that started that way with something just as superficial or silly as that, but then they use that money to then start something else. But yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. That's silly. But I did also like the Dangerous Minds reference we got. That yes. was always fun. Kind of a corny movie, though. Did you ever see the TV series that was on for? It couldn't be more than a season or two. But yeah. I never saw the movie. I remember my like mom show. watching. It, feels like it might have been. Show. I think it might have been ABC actually. I just remember uh, Annie Potts played the Michelle Pfeiffer role. I do. Rem- I now that you mention it, I do remember, and it definitely wasn't a successful show. Yeah, it was it got a full season of 17 episodes. Hmm. Yikes. Oh my god, 96? I thought it was later than that. That sounds about right. mid 90s. I mean, it it would have would have been cuz what was the, the theme song was um Gangsta's Paradise, so that was No, the TV series was in 96. Right. I'm saying, I, I mean, the, I thought um, the movie was in like 93 or 94. Yeah, so mid 90s. I, I thought the show was way more recent, I guess, is, is oh, what I'm surprised oh. by. I could have sworn it would have been like a reboot 10 years after the fact. Yikes. Poor Annie Potts. Anyway, we get back and we get the final sort of setup of what this episode is going to be with Kenneth and Tracy. And they need a new entourage member. Remember that email we got from those Nigerians that needed our help getting all that money out of Africa? Yeah. We did it! I got the check today! Say word. Word is bond. Uh-huh. I would've been happy if our only reward was just helping that dethroned prince of Nigeria. But this is great. We should treat ourselves. You want to go to Vegas and buy a bunch of sarcophagi? Nah. I don't even use the ones I have. We could add someone else to the entourage. That's a good idea. Yo, what's young Larry doing these days? He's in Jay-Z's entourage. What about Cheese? He's rolling with Ghostface Killer now. Fat Balls? Studying hotel administration at Cornell. Well, go ahead, Fat Balls. That's a good program. Hello there, Mr. Jordan. Mr. Slattery, Mr. Griswold. I picked up your lunch from Sylvia's. Extra cornbread because I know you like it. Like it? I love it. 
I love this cornbread so much, I want to take it behind a middle school and get it pregnant. <laughs> pregnant cornbread. Okay, you like doing stuff for me, right? How would you like to be in my entourage? Well, that sounds like fun. What would I do? Well, let's see. Darkcom does the driving and the cooking. Grizz is in charge of sitting on me when I get overstimulated. Well, I have been looking for someone to harmonize with me. Does Santa come back tomorrow? Oh, bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow, la la la, there'll be some. This is a really special day. <laughs> the, the whole thing about the Nigerian scam thing was really fortuitous timing because I was uh, I, I'm reading a book right now um, called My Sister the Serial Killer, which. Well, anyway, it, it, it takes place in Nigeria. It's about a nurse and her sister, and the sister's a killer. But anyway, the relevant part is that apparently the Yoruba, which is a, a Nigerian language, um, well, African language, but they, a lot of people in Nigeria speak it. There's a Yoruban slang term, uh, MAGA, and it literally means a mark who's easily fooled. Oh. And so during, like, especially, like, uh, several years ago or whenever when like the Nigerian scams really a thing like that was like apparently like a, a thing and it became like a very popular nickname in Nigeria for people who got scammed by oh. like Nigerian scammers so it's like it's so is that a fun coincidence or is that Trump being so smart that I mean this I mean this term like way 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 predated right. it I mean way predates any of that it's just it just like really predates funny. it enough but like predates it but is like hmm I mean, I mean, it's long been like a slang term. I think it's just I feel like that's coinc- coincidental. No, yes, Trump co-opting is coincidental, but I mean, it's just it's or just are you not necessarily co-opting it, but well, not co-opting it, but, but I mean, just coming up with an acronym being, that yeah, coincidentally yeah, yeah. is the it's same. But it makes it extra yeah. hilarious that it's like <laughs> yeah, anyone, yeah, yeah. Well, well it's really funny because I was thinking about that earlier today, and we were watching this, and it's like it's like that's really weird timing. Wow. wow. So, do we want to talk about? The well, the small thing. This is the second Annie reference we've had already. Tina Fey just must love Annie. You must really love Annie. So that's the smaller point. But yeah. So finally, after 15 episodes, Dot Com has his first line. Yay! <laughs> so officially, the full cast that we'll come to know over the next seven se- or six more seasons uh, has been introduced, has their first lines, and we sort of get more of those characters going on. Uh, and this is the last time we ever see Tracy's entourage. Well, this is this is the entourage going forward for Tracy. We never see the big uh, entourage we saw from earlier episodes this season. It's now it's now Grizz.com and Kenneth for the rest of the the series. Um, I think .com's character gets a lot more growth as we go over the next few seasons. Uh, he sort of becomes like the smartest guy in the room, and in he gets called out a lot for it, and he's not necessarily like a douche about it, but he insists on sort of ex- extra explaining things, uh, and to the point where he just sort of agitates everyone. But he's a good character; it's fun. Um, but we learn their last names are Griswold and Mister um, Slattery, respectively, uh, as well. So uh, this is a fun episode. And now that we have everything out of the way, we cut back, and um, the revelations from Jenna's photo shoot start to come out. Isn't it great? These are the sexiest women in comedy? Where's Jack A? Jenna, have you read your interview yet? Oh, no. Did I come across as interesting? Because I tried to mention Bono as much as possible. No, you come across as crazy. Why did you tell the reporter that you hate the troops? What? I didn't say I hate the troops. just a bunch of gay guys that like to get in silly costumes and prance around. Oh, Liz, he heard me wrong. You know that I love the troops. Do you remember that fleet week after I broke up with David? Oh, God, this is bad. Nobody reads the articles in these things, right? No. Maybe no one will pick it up? These holly weirdos from La La Land, like Jenna Morani, are just un-American. So we are calling for a boycott of NBC, General Electric, and Corporation. We- she sounds like every comment section on the internet. Yep. 
uh, they were kind of ahead of the curve on that, I uh, guess. Um, uh, I, I failed to mention this at the start, but I, we should mention this is the episode that won them uh, for Best Comedy Series in 2007. Uh, this was also the nominee for uh, Best Supporting Actor from Jack McGrath and Best Supporting Actress for Jane Krakowski. Um, they were up for, I believe, all right, so 2007 they were nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series, which they would win. Uh, Outstanding Guest Actress uh, with Elaine Stritch, who would go on to win. We'll get to that episode later. Uh, Outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series. Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. And Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series. So they would only win a couple of awards for this season. But, uh, yeah, this was the award-winning episode for them. That's interesting because usually for shows in their first season, the nominated episode is the pilot. Mm. It's, I mean, obviously not always in in this case, but it seems like... Most of the time, it's a pilot episode that gets all the recognition. So it's interesting, especially because this was, what, the 15th episode? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like a season finale or special event episode. It was just kind of... Yeah. I mean, probably the one that they thought was the funniest. So that's the one they submitted for... Yeah. I mean, this is like a, this is an episode that sort of really gets to the the vibe of what a 30 Rock is, where it just sort of all these multiple storylines it's occasionally sort of running in together but they're all just sort of wacky on their own like it's it's really sort of leaning into that cartoony almost unbelievable world of sitcom uh writing but it's pretty strong it's it's fun it's a good episode um but yeah you're right in terms of what it like the the youtube comment section and just what like any any new york any really any any news outlet comment section is always yeah. just well especially the jenna morani because like taking people's names and making really terrible puns and insults is like yeah. the most internet comment section thing and that's kind of like ever. that whole character's bit in this episode is like how can we make like portmanteaus or puns on yeah. on these initials or, or names or whatever to to help our cause and it's just like yeah. Well, it's, it's also funny because this was around the time when the candidates were starting to declare for the 2008 presidential mm-hmm. election. So Obama yeah. and Clinton have come up. And of course, well, Obama has had God knows how many terrible nicknames in comment sessions. So it's just like, it, it's, I mean, <laughs> looking back, it was actually you know, some more, a little section in. Some perhaps more well thought out than others. Some went for the really low-hanging food. I can just think of like, oh, bummer for some reason. That's like the most like comedy section like nickname. Like, I just feel like you would always see... Oh, bummer. It's just like, it's so lame. I mean, like, yeah, there's like no thought put in that, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. But it's also like showing like how a network will sort of, uh, I guess you could say like kowtow to just sort of ease its audiences. They'll easily just slap together something to, and, and we'll see at the end of the episode, just sort of they slap something together to see like to appeal to the audience. Like, no, we are red-blooded Americans and we love, we love America. And it's like, no, we're just doing this to to get you people off of our bags. We don't actually have any sort of motives here other than that. Jack, I was misquoted. This is my fault. I never should have let her do this Maxim thing in the first place. We're going to nip this thing in the bud. Jenna is going to make a public apology tomorrow on Hardball. You know what that is, don't you? Yes. Should I prepare a song? (laughs) I really can't wait to renegotiate your contract. Thank you, sir. (laughs) So I, I I get why it's funny to have her go on Hardball, but in, if this was really real, they would have had her go on the Today Show. Right. You know what I mean? It yeah. would have needed to be like a softball, straightforward. I'm so sorry. Like Hardball, obviously, is hilarious, but it, I mean, you're asking for a celebrity to further embarrass themselves by going on like a political, heated debate show. Yeah, when clearly, like, she's dumb. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, you wouldn't, you would just put her on the Today Show with, like, uh, I guess Matt Lauer was on at this time. Katie Kurt's gone. Yeah, Lauer would have been there. Um, this would have been either Ann Curry or whoever was just before Ann Curry. Oh, no. Um, it would have Meredith. Meredith Vieira. Meredith Vieira. That's, that's probably, what, probably yeah. Meredith Vieira. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It would be Today Show first. Or if, like, Liz was defending... She might do Hardball before the Today Show. But for Jenna, Jenna would definitely do the Today Show. But I mean, if you, if, if you want a softball apology, smooth everything over, like, obviously, you're sending him to the, to the Today Show, not, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. not MSNBC. <laughs> no, not at all. So as Jack is dealing with the Jenna problem, he's still hyped up for negotiations for Josh's contract and runs into uh, Josh's agent. Jack. Jack Donaghy. 
Alan Steiner. Good to see you. I'm Josh Gerard's agent. Oh, really? Listen, um, I'd love to grab a little FaceTime with you, R.E. Josh's contract offer. We've got some serious trubs, my friend. We are not smiles times. I'm sorry to hear that, Alan. What's your schedule, manana? Because this is going to be one serious negotiation. My schedule is wide open, Alan. Hasta mañana. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Mighty, mighty good man. Yeah! Oh. <laughs> so, Arch what's on the schedule for today? I have a sponsor there for Halo. I love Halo. I love Halo so much, I want to take it out behind the middle school and get it pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys laughing so hard? That's the same joke Mr. Jordan said earlier. I don't think so, Kay, because I like to keep my material fresh. You know, I like to keep things fresh so much that I want to take it out behind the middle school and get it pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who just killed me? That's never happened before. I did, Mr. Jordan. That's impossible. I beat all the world's best players. Grizz, Dot Com, my publicist, my stylist. Huh? Huh? I just killed you again. You're cheating! And I don't want to play no more. I hate this. Chris, I think it's best you come sit on me. All right, well, first I want to go back to the agent. I don't like people like that, that uh, abbreviate unnecessary words or say things like smiles times. I don't. Me need. <sighs> Actually, this is why you don't tell people things that you hate, because they will just use it against you. Huh. Well, anyway, uh, I do have uh, affection for the Kenneth Tracy, the entourage scene, because one, uh, they, again, are showcasing um, video games, and they're doing video games well. They're not just having someone wildly swing their fingers at a controller and hope that they're actually doing something. They're showcasing Halo 2. I want to say Halo 2. I don't know either. I'm pretty sure it's Halo 2. They're showcasing Halo 2. They're getting the sound effects right. They're getting everything that's happening on screen right. I also have affection for that because uh, years ago when I would do a podcast, we would do cold opens before the episode and we would just pull snippets from various movies or TV shows of video game related scenes. And that was one that I got to use as a result because it was topical at the time with Dirty Rock. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the, the idea of of babysitting a star is the first time we've really seen it in Trace's character. Uh, and it's obviously expands over this episode. That's a lot of fun of just like how you sort of have to make sure they're just so taken care of, I guess, or, or you, you hide stuff from almost like a kid. Like you don't tell them Santa Claus isn't real kind of stuff. It would hurt their ego too much. Right. Yeah. And as someone who's going to be a future ego, we got to protect that. So yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So as Jenna's getting ready to go on hardball, Liz starts giving her some tips to prepare for the interview and not make a fool of herself again. I, I bet it'll work out. Uh, yeah, surely nothing will go wrong now. And I just want the troops to kill everyone and come on home. Pretty good. But this is hardball, Jenna, so you might want to be more specific. You could say that you support the troops, but you feel that the war was poorly planned and started under false pretenses, and that we should have used those resources to hunt down Osama bin Laden. Liz, I'm just worried that I'm going to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, would Sharon Stone worry about that? Mm -mm. Would Richard Gere? No. Then you go out there and you voice your opinions like a star. Okay, what are you going to do if they ask you about 08? Well, of course I want Hillary to be the first woman president. Mm, no, Obama. You support Barack Obama. Remember, you like those pictures of him at the beach? Oh, right. Obama, what is he, Hispanic? No, he's black. And he's running for president? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was too far off to say like he had no chance of winning, but I mean, that seemed like the... Uh, general consensus yeah when he first was coming out was like, oh yeah she Good luck. she was up way up in the polls this early before um the primaries and everything started but it is i don't know it, i think she just in a way because she had that right name recognition. and i mean she had more recognition right, oh for than, sure than yeah Obama. although in a way it does foreshadow 2016 and that even liz at the time back then was kind of like blah about right. her you know 
Which I don't think they go into detail why she felt that way. Because, I mean, like, around this time, she was... I think she would do a guest spot on SNL about uh, why she would support Hillary Clinton. It's pretty great. Um, but she's like... Uh, Hillary Clinton was getting, you know, a reputation of being a bitch. And she's like, yeah, bitches get shit done. Like, that yeah. was, like, the thing that came out of that. I was like, bitches get things done. So, yes, you should... If you're going to call her a bitch, realize that that's not as derogatory as it once was kind of idea. Yeah. But well, but at this time, I mean, Obama was. I mean, this was after his convention speech, um, at in the 2004 primary, which started building his profile. So by this time, like, well, obviously he he had declared at that point, but he was. I mean, yes, he wasn't super known, but he was very much like the young, you know, attractive, like successful, super smart, just kind of like gaining he had a lot of buzz it was like he wasn't super super known but like mm-hmm. those who like knew him like regarded yeah. him really well so it was kind of like you know i don't know what's going with that um so beta of work is the white obama actually well i think it's mayor pete oh. from indiana <laughs> i don't know well 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 yeah. we have a long way to go because yeah. there's I, like two there's like two dozen people in the primary at this point I'm so. already, i know it's, it's it sounds cliche at this point and i know people 20 years older than us have already said this multiple times throughout the last whatever but it's just like i'm already tired and it's it's only just begun oh it, it's it's we're still several months off from the first debates let alone i mean a long time off from the first from the iowa caucus yeah so, so i'm not looking forward to it i'm just going to um ignore it as, as long as i can yeah oh i also want to say okay because at the, at the beginning of her thing was like talks about the war mm. and this oh, is yeah, i forget this this is the time when like public opinion is really turning yeah yeah, yeah. because it's yeah so 2007 so i mean the mm-hmm. war was was one of the big reasons that bush's approval rating was starting to get slow this was i guess this was before the housing bubble popped but so the war had drug on like i think the the weapons of mass destruction thing had already long been debunked by that point so it was just like the public in general was it, it was just i guess it's ex- really publicly acceptable to speak in opposition to the war because public opinion was really turning against it yeah 30 rock goes into it uh in a couple of uh, i think by the end of this season and opening of the second uh second season they really are just full on into Bush as an idiot and nothing about his administration is going to help the country kind of idea, which obviously there's a big liberal slant to the writers of 30 Rock. But even still, you're right. Like there was just it was it, he was a punching bag yeah. at this point because, I mean, he only had a year left anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, he had like literally he was down to like a 30 something, 30 percent approval rate or something by the yeah. time he left office because yeah. just it was a disaster. Gentlemen, please sit down. All right. Let's skip the foreplay, get right to the penetration. Josh is looking for a 15% raise, a two-pick guarantee from Universal, and time off for every Jewish holiday, no matter how ridiculous. I mean, Yasnach is coming up. That seems pretty reasonable, right, Jack? Here's my counteroffer. One dollar. What? Oh, boy. That's absurd. You know what's absurd? These photos I found of Josh. Roughhousing with Lance Bass at SeaWorld. What? We were just being silly. My offer's now 75 cents. So it's getting lower. I think we should take it. Relax. Look, Jack. We know about the testing. Women from 12 to 24 love my guy. Who told you that? I lived it. Privileged information. That's what I thought. Awesome. We are back in the game. I know you weren't ready for a big chair. Remember, kids, in 2007, it was still fun to make fun of gay people. That's why Lance Bass is a punching bag in this episode. <laughs> Although, we should set the scene up. So, for the negotiation scene, Liz and Jack are sitting in yeah. normal to slightly tall chairs, I guess. But the chairs that they put out for Josh and his agent are like... Like sunken. Yeah. Like they, they make you just sort of like kick your feet up kind of thing, but not in a comfortable way. But even like the chair that Liz is in, like it's way too big for her. She looks like a little kid in it. Like she like her feet are like dangling off. Like it's a good visual yeah. uh, trick for the, for the episode. Um, but I think this would have been around the time Lance Bass had come out. Because... Yes. 
I feel like it was late 2000 yeah. when that happened. I mean, I feel like it was an open secret for... Uh, yeah, so he came out in July of 2006. So okay, yeah. so would be, I mean, yeah, yeah it was definitely so like a, a closet with glass doors kind of thing. But yeah, yeah it's just... I, I, that seems to have lessened in sitcoms of being like an easy joke of making fun of, well, of course, someone, yeah. but still. Ugh, what a gross joke to make. And now we learn that there are more lies inside of the entourage. An entourage disbanded. Uh. Yo, Kenneth, we need to talk now. Oh, I've had this conversation before. You're marrying my mom, aren't you? No. It's about how you're treating Tracy. You've beaten him at Halo. You're not laughing at his jokes. He's the king around here. You got to respect that. Oh my gosh, I had no idea I was causing a problem. Hey, I got next game. Hold up. How are you beating Kenneth, Grizz? I, I don't know. If Kenneth could beat me, and you could beat Kenneth, then by the transitive property, you should beat me too. Have you been letting me win? Just did some things. Things? Plural? What is the world's only egg-laying mammal? The Easter Bunny. Right again. That's a green poppy. Oh, hey. Ah. Ah. Oh, yeah, what, cat? Yeah, Doc. Yeah, Chris. Have you two been treating me like this all this time? Like a child? No, no, no. I will stand for this. Entourage, disband it. So I kind of like to take that the Easter Bunny is a mammal because he's a special bunny and all the other bunnies are not mammals. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> Do you know what is the only egg-laying mammal? Ostrich? Something? No, an ostrich is a bird, obviously. An ostrich is not a mammal. That was stupid. That was really dumb. What's the only mammal that can... Oh my god, I feel like I should know this. Um, um, I, I mean, it, it's it's probably surprising. I, I, I thought I had the answer. I thought it was platypus. But that's more water-based, mm -hmm. so it's technically not land-based. The only land-based mammal that lays eggs is the echidna. Oh, I did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought it was something less obscure than that. Nope. Uh, the closer to like they're like hedgehog anteater hybrids. Hmm. Any Sonic fans knows Knuckles is an echidna. Hooray! Yay! Um, but yeah, I like that Easter Bunny joke, and I never read it that way. That's funny. Time to play hardball. With Chris Matthews. Tucker Carlson, you heard what Jenna Maroney had to say. She supports the troops. Well, here's a question, Chris. Why do we care what she thinks about anything? This woman strikes me as another empty-headed, self-involved member of the Hollywood ignorati. You know, for someone who's super, super hot, you're really cranky. I have just as much right to my opinion as you or Chris. I'm not sure you do. You've been on the show for 20 minutes now. You sang six bars of something called Muffin Top. Thank you. And then told a disgusting story about Fleet Week. I guess this is the state of political discourse in this country nowadays, and that's fine. Let's just embrace it. Let's have our policies determined by former Cable Ace Award nominees. First, I was great in that Arliss. Second of all, if the president is so serious about the war on terror, why doesn't he hunt down and capture Barack Obama before he strikes again? It's time for a change, America. That's why I'm voting for Osama in 2008. Oh, no comeback? You burnt! Ironically, now our policies are being decided by yeah. a near Cable Ace nominee, and Tucker Carlson isn't very much supportive of it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that... For, the, for the Republican Party, that's what it's always been. That art, For the longest time before 2016, the argument was, why do we care what celebs have to say? They're all liberal nonsense, blah, blah, blah. And then you literally elect someone who is from a reality show that has no political standing. And well, his, his beliefs are very right. off course from what you people believe. So it's just like... The, just the the irony and the well, hypocrisy and everything is just mind blowing to it, me. It's not because they don't want celebrities to speak out. They don't want celebrities to speak out to because be they out. disagree with their right. political views. Right. Exactly. I know, I know, but it's still it's just like and that's that whole stupid thing. You can't you can't pick and choose. Like you don't get to be a pick and choose. Like right. you either agree that they have the right to defend whatever free speech or they don't. Like you don't get to say, oh, it's okay because they're on our side. No, it's like mm. they're the liberals are just as uh, allowed to speak. As, as a Republican is. So it's yeah. just like, it's but, dumb. Which, but, I mean, I don't agree with re most Republicans say, but... 
I mean, as long as they're not saying anything bad or offensive, they're more than entitled to say it. I just don't have to like it or agree. Well, it's just especially funny watching this in the 2019 context, because back then, I mean, obviously Tucker Carlson was like a conservative talking head, but like, I feel like his reputation was more goofy, maybe like he was post, was he post? Well, I mean, in this scene, he's not wearing a bow tie, but I'm pretty sure he was still wearing bow ties around this time, at least on his show, because yeah. Around the housing crisis, there's a bit with him and John Stewart sort of have like a face off. Oh, right. He's wearing bow ties at that point, so maybe for hard, maybe it's maybe he's only a bow tie on his own show at the time. I'm yeah. not sure, but but it, it just bitch. I don't like him. <laughs> well, I was saying it's funny because now, like he, he, I mean, like a lot of right political discourse, he's like moved very. I mean, you know, like his his reputation now is 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 a very hard line, like crazy person as opposed to like a conservative but like goofy like not i don't know like i mean i, I remember people would make fun of him but it just it wasn't as i don't know just malicious as it is now and just like the, you know saying those lines talking about you know like the hollywood elite and yada 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 and it's like well your views have obviously well you have changed your views to accommodate current political situations i guess right. more than yeah I don't, um, I don't imagine if if 30 rock were airing in the current landscape Tucker Carlson would oh absolutely not they wouldn't they wouldn't invite him on for sure he he wouldn't be on it would be anybody else but him yeah yeah, just he's earned his reputation and it's I don't think a a good reputation but he has made it his own and he's let it work for him so I guess there's something about that I don't I wouldn't say commendable grifter's gonna grift yeah I guess Anyway, Osama 2008. Osama 2008, we can do this! Hey, Jack, I was totally gonna call you. Which of your massive screw-ups should we discuss first? How about the Jenna situation? That is taken care of. I have written an op-ed piece for the New York Times under Jenna's name in which I put the media on trial. Boo! Here's the plan. We're gonna take Jenna, put some flags behind her, have her sing a song that rhymes USA with Make Them Pay, dress her in an eagle costume, and we're gonna call it a salute to the troops episode. Okay. Moving on, Josh Gerard. I had him right where I wanted him until my partner stabbed me in the back. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. I was just trying to give my friend a heads up. I mean, why can't we all just sit down in normal chairs and figure this out? Sari, is Josh in yet? Josh isn't coming in today. He's sick. He said he was throwing up all night. A sick out. I didn't think he had it in him. What are you talking about? He's faking. He's going to stay home until we give in to his demands. No, Josh could not come up with a sneaky plan like that. He told me he was a pallbearer at his brother's wedding. He's probably just sick because he's stressed out about his job. Lemon, what happened in your childhood to make you believe that people are good? You know what? If my friendships and my job are incompatible, I choose my friends. And right now, I am going to get some chicken soup from Josh's favorite place and take it to him and say that I hope he feels better. Do you ever get the emails other than from Match.com? No, no, don't look at that. Jack's line about what made you think people was actually funny because, you like, I mean, that's really, like, pulling from his experience with his mom. Like, we know why yeah. he thinks that all people yeah. are bad, so why, you know, like, how could you? Right. I mean, it, it really is pulling on, like, as we'll see in, like, the next episode, we learn, like, he's full-on Irish, you know, sensibilities and, and Protestant Catholic and all of that. It really is sort of pulling on those sensibilities of just, like, how can you trust people and like what makes you think there's good in this world and then and not that everyone's bad and evil and like i don't know uh, it's great and uh i do like we get to see more of that uh while i was doing some research for this episode um i ended up actually learning uh what Ceri's last name is xerox how did you know that how did you not remember that when is it ever said I don't, I don't know, but I definitely remember it. It is never said. In I'm the- pretty sure it is because, I, I mean, I have not watched this show in a really oh. long time. And well, <laughs> that ruins my bit of this part of the episode. So no, like, I was just looking through and I was like, Sari Xerox? They never of say Of course it. she's the heir to the Xerox portion. She's rich, so why not Xerox? I don't think it's ever, ever said. Well, we will... But that is, if she's the heir to the Xerox Foundation, then we know everything about her. So, um, but okay, well, let's let's see. Here's smart guy. <laughs> let's see if I can get you on these. You probably will. <laughs> I hope so. Um. So we know Floyd's last name is Who's De- Floyd. 
I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> you stupid dick. <laughs> um, but she's had a couple other lovers. You, you mentioned um, Matt Damon, Carol. Carol, yes. Do you remember his last name? Channing. Nope. But it's close. It's, it is a female's last name. Or like a female, a female, <laughs> a female, female actor's last name. Female actor's last name. It was Carol Burnett, which obviously is a nod to uh, Carol Burnett, the actress. But I don't think that's ever actually said in um, in the show. And her uh, spoiler alert: the name of the guy she ends up James Marsden plays. You know what his last name was? Which I don't know I, his first name is. I think they do mention this, but I never made the connection before either. I don't know what his first, his name, first is. name was. Chris. I don't. His I, last name was Cross. Oh. Which, not, I don't think it's like the 90s rap duo Criss Cross. I think it's for Christopher Cross, who was like that 80s crooner. Oh, sailing, yeah. Sailing and um, uh, that song in Arthur. Meet Me in New York City oh, or something yeah. like that. Oh, I was sailing. Yeah. But they had some fun thinking up last names for these characters. So, yeah. Thanks for ruining my fun, jerk. Back to the episode. But Liz goes to get soup for her friend Josh and stumbles upon an interesting discovery. We're always looking for new correspondents. Josh, you stupid turd. Hey, <laughs> Liz, this is... Yeah, I can guess who this is. Are you trying to get on another show behind my back? Look, Liz, I'm sorry. It's just business. No, it's not business. I stood up for you. You were opening for a puppet when I found you. How could you betray me like this? You know, that's not even the worst part. You know what the worst part is? You proved Jack Donaghy right again. And by the way, what kind of moron calls out sick and then comes to work to have a meeting? I get an NBC discount here. Idiot! I'm a big fan of your show. Yeah, as far as when the scene started, I was like, that's really a coincidence that she went to the uh, soup restaurant where he's conveniently having his right. And then I was like, oh, no, of course he went to the NBC whatever discount yeah. restaurant to meet with someone from The Daily Show. And I, I keep forgetting, we, we haven't mentioned this yet. This is probably the biggest storyline Josh has his entire run on this show. Definitely is so far. Previous to this, it was the run-in with Elizabeth Taylor, right. which lasted one scene. And his Bill Cosby impression. Yeah, and that wasn't even great. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that was just a quick bit. Yeah, yeah um, I, he, he sort of just like my mindset. He sort of gets forgotten the rest of this show after this. Like, I don't. Don't they make jokes about it? Like later. Yeah, on? they make like recurring jokes. Like mm-hmm. even in season four, I think they like make the comment like, "Oh, we forgot that you were here," kind of thing. Um, so yeah. Uh, bye, Josh. You were not great of a character, uh, which is uh, weird because I mean he's clearly fit to be like the Jimmy Fallon of the show. But I guess either people were over Jimmy Fallon by this point, or so they just can't. Just like Jimmy that Fallon, people slowly didn't pay, stop paying attention. I'd say quickly retired him. Yeah, yeah. Well, all he has to do is just find the next politician and toss all his hair, and he'll be he'll be right back in the hearts of America all over again. I want you to crush Josh. I want you to crush him. Mr. Jordan, Keith caught on yourself. He said they were at the thing and Lil Zay just ended up running. What did you tell him? Well, he wanted Dwayne Jr.'s number, so I gave it to him. You did what? Damn it, Kay. Now I have to hear from Tanisha's mom how they both met at the twins. You have to handle this stuff better. Mr. Jordan, I don't know any of these people. But Griswold, damn it, turn on the TV for me. .com set this up. I don't know how it works. Television on! Pornography! <laughs> Hopefully a benefit of the streaming age is no more comedy bits about how hard TVs are to turn on and program. I mean, that hasn't been a problem. I mean, like, our generation has not had a problem with, with that. I mean, it really is, like, an older generation thing. No, I know. And I think that it's is, like, like, sort of just showcasing, like, his ignorance in terms of, like, he's always been babied, but also, like, he's a little bit older, so it can be a bit complicated if you have three different controls for various operations, but it is, like... I feel like it's been so streamlined as a result of that joke being made so much that it's like yeah. 
we're we're Silicon Valley. We are going to figure it out so people don't have to worry about having three controls or even really one control. You can just voice operate everything, which I like that idea, but I think we're still far off where it's going to be 100% accurate. So it's best to at least still have a remote control. Yeah, that's why I like Roku because it's like a minimalized remote control, but it's still yeah. like it, it, it it's easier to function around than voice control, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, we both have voice control stuff. You have an Alexa. I have Google Plus or Google. Google she just lit up. And, uh, I have Google. I have, like, a Google Mini. Mini, But even then, they're not 100% accurate. Um, so, it, like, if we had to rely on those things, we would just get upset all the time at technology, much like parents do, because yeah. the technology isn't working. But in this instance, it really isn't the technology isn't working. So... It's it's not a user error. It's it's actually just a technological technological error. So yeah, I mean, especially I mean now if you voice navigate on mm -hmm. for TV, like you have to know what you're looking for. Like with a remote control, it's easy to move through menus and see what's on there if you don't know. If I mean, you can't. Really, I mean, I think you really just say you know if you have a Fire TV or whatever, like tell me all the movies that are currently on Amazon. Yeah. You know I mean? or, Right. Yeah, like that. I mean, it'll be like five to ten years before. Yeah, it's, I mean, oh, I'm sure it'll get better. But yeah, I mean, it's still like you have to know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, even like like Siri and and okay or not okay Google, but um, but yeah, you use you use Google on your on your phone, right? I have it. I mean, yeah. I, I, I but I mean, I, like, I, just, I usually I find it easier and faster for me personally to just type stuff in. I know we have yeah. friends that pull up Siri and can do it pretty well, but I feel like even that that's still less than accurate. As long as those things have been around, they're still not. Yeah. Well, keen. for for my phone, the problem for to voice activate you like it can't be off. Like the screen can't be turned off or on the lock screen. Like it has to be. You have to unlock the phone. So it's like if you're going to go through the effort to unlock everything, you might as well. I mean, it's not that much right. just type it in as opposed to yeah. the yeah. only way. The, I will if we're like out and about and walking around. I will do because it, it is a little bit easier, especially because like. If you have glare from the sun or something, it can right, be right, just right. to speak it yeah. instead of typing No, it. again, in like small doses, it's fine. Yeah. But if, if heavy use, it still is, it's it's not 100% yet. So even in 2007, they were far off oh, ever yeah. expecting, you just yell pornography at your oh, TV yeah. and it would work. <laughs> now, now it, now it work probably actually on. could work yeah. very well. I don't know. I don't want to try it right now. Um, but yeah, it's... Okay, Google. It's, <laughs> <laughs> <don't do> <laughs> it's listening. Um... But that is that I know. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we've had the. I've had the issue occasionally of like I'll watch something on TV or something in in YouTube, and they'll make jokes inside their own videos of like, "Hey Google," and then they'll ask their. <laughs> Thanks. They'll ask their machine a question, and the the setup that I have where my TV and my Google is. My Google is now picking up what they're asking, so it's it's more it's it's Sorry, hilarious. I don't understand. <laughs> it's more hilarious than anything, but it's still like there's sometimes it's just like oh I forgot that thing is on, but yeah it's it's fun it's fun technology it it still hasn't got to the point where it's required it's it's all optional but I look forward to the day when there's more like you can just come in all your lights are off in your house you can just say all right lights up and boom everything's everything's going i like that idea but we're still off from that being 100 percent possibility but negotiation time round two good you're here josh and his agent are on their way up haha <laughs> yeah then they're gonna be on their way down um you know that was weak but you're in the mix you're having fun i like that gentlemen make yourselves comfortable What are all these headshots for? Nothing. Just some meetings we're taking. Meetings? And if... Look, Jack, I think I should tell you, Josh has an offer from The Daily Show. Yes, Liz mentioned that. I don't think that's going to pan out. What? Are you kidding? What happened? What'd you do to our offer? I called my friend Saul Scheinhardt at our parent company, Scheinhardt Wiggs, who called his nephew Morty Scheinhardt, who called his son, John Stewart. Uh-huh, you burnt. Let's get down to brass tacks. Josh can stay. Thank God. But no rays, no movies, and only one Jewish holiday. What's the one where they go into the tent? Sukkot. That's the one. You got a deal? Deal. Thank you. I need this money. I have a really bad sex addiction. Sorry. It's... 
That's it? I thought you said we could crush him. What are you talking about? I took away everything. That's crushing. No, do more stuff. You made me look like an idiot. You have to pay. Liz, he's not getting a raise. Do the worm. Do the worm. Good lord, the worm. It's so degrading. Are its oranges German? Uh, now say five reasons I'm better than you. Smarter than me. One. You can beat me in arm wrestling. Two. Uh, you read the paper. Yeah, suck it. I do read the paper. Do you want me to do anything? Be a crab. Fight the worm. <laughs> Liz, you took this like a natural more than I ever. Okay, now the crab is getting aroused. Shut it down. Shut it down. I'm gonna let you lead this one. Yeah, you... So yeah. <laughs> so Sukkot is a is a deep bench Jewish holiday. I would say okay. it is a real thing. Okay. Yeah. It's uh so it's basically like a, a harvest festival. Um, and you one of the things you do to celebrate it, I guess, is you can build like a sort of a mini structure, not really a tent, but like a structure that you go into and sit in and have you know just partake in whatever the holiday so it symbolizes two things one since it's a harvest holiday when farmers would harvest it's like a little makeshift structure they would set up to like stay in while they're harvesting and also when the jews were wandering the desert after they were expelled from egypt the sort of makeshift, makeshift structures well, that they stayed they ran away after yeah whatever after the, after the jews <laughs> left egypt and wandered in the desert for all the time they stayed years. in little structures so anyway yes so it just commemorates the harvest. Okay, well, thank you for that fun Sukkot. Is it Sukkot? Sukkot. 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 What does that mean? Oh, and the structure's called a sukkah. Go celebrate Sukkot and a sukkah. So you got to be a sucker to believe in that. <laughs> ah, I win. Stupid. I win. Anything else? So, yes, Jack wins the negotiation. Jack. <laughs> and Josh gets basically nothing except also Sukkot. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get a raise. He stays on the show. Yeah. He didn't get any movie deal. Or no, I think he got one movie deal. No, no, he said no, no movies. No movie deal. He said one, no raise, no movies, and one, and one holiday. Yeah. That's a bad negotiation on Josh's part. Because I feel like, I don't know, I don't, yeah, I, it, he doesn't win anything. But that must have been all they had, though, was those um, demographics. Because it seemed like they had they brought nothing else to the table. Yeah. So. You think his, yes, his agent. And the only piece of information his agent got was because Liz leaked it to right. so Josh. He, he really so. had nothing. He had nothing to stand on yeah. when they went in there. So, yeah. But we get the closing and we get a fun little American, pro-American song from Jenna, who thankfully gets to sing on the show again. Sadly, this is one of the more forgotten show, songs. We never hear it again. Small town, born fatigues, big dreams and little leagues, gigantic star-spangled fireworks light up the night. You know, you actually did a good job on this. Why do you sound so surprised? I love America. Just because I think gay dudes should be allowed to adopt kids and we should all have hybrid cars doesn't mean I don't love America. Pinwheels are lit, but they're not spinning. When they're not spinning, they look exactly like swastikas. So we have our first fourth wall break of the series, where Liz sort of looks at the camera after that dude she gets after married, she talks about how much she loves America and, and then drive hybrid cars. She winks. So we had a good fourth wall break, as well as. Uh, Nazism on TV is never really funny, especially not in modern times. But did you think they had to edit this in Germany? And and because you can't. Oh, you're right. Because you, you can't right show swastikas. It's, yeah. Um. Probably then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be easy to cut out because I mean, it's just that scene and then it goes to the. Yeah. Scene. Well, I'm not sure if the law is you can't use a symbol period or if it's in a. Context, sense. yeah, yeah. It, 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 or it depends on context. I mean, it wouldn't be. It, I mean, being a German law wouldn't surprise me. It was just totally banned because they want to keep it totally right. out from being seen at all to prevent right. Whatever, but I didn't I see know. anything online about it being banned or, or yeah. edited. But I, it could be a matter of that. It's if it's in a derogatory sense, it has to be. If it's, I wonder, it, even in historical senses, they cut it out. I, I don't I'm know. curious. 
face. Anyway, but it would be an easy thing to cut because you could just cut out that whole scene and just cut right to the end scene here of uh, the the protesters pelting everyone with food and garbage. As the entourage reunites. As the entourage reunites over a fun cover of I Will Always Love You, an homage to the bodyguard. Kenneth has just forgotten. It just gets stuck in the mob. So that wraps up Hardball. Uh, any final thoughts? Oh, there was actually, uh, I think like last this last week, something came out that, that showed that uh, Dolly Parton's Jolene and Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You were written in the exact same day. Oh, I saw that too. And, I was like, yeah. oh. and like the, 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 t- or the, the comment or the joke was like, man, Dolly had a really rough day. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two good songs, though. Yeah. yeah, I think I like Whitney Houston's cover of that song better, but it's still like. But it's definitely more powerful vocal. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think. It, I, I think they're like both. I grew up with it, strengths. so yeah. maybe I have yeah. more attachment to it as a yeah. result. But. I think they both have their strengths. Yeah, yeah. It's a good song. I like this version too. It's fun. Oh Just yes, the, the harmonies one. are a lot more fun in this. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like a little bit more playful than the other two versions. But yeah. Um, Anything else about Hardball for the wrap Yeah, up? overall, it was a sharp episode. Yeah. It was very prescient politically about some things. Yeah, yeah. As we... <laughs> but see, like, I don't know if it's so much if it's... If it's necessarily prescient or it's because we're viewing it through modern eyes, it's like, oh, man, they knew what they were saying then. Or, or if it's just, like, coincidence. Because, I mean, like, there's a thing going on now with, like, anything that is seemingly invented or comes out nowadays more than likely Simpsons invented it right. or they predicted it. That show's been on for 30 years. Of course they've predicted something. Like the biggest one out of anything they've done so far and someone that's always referenced is in I think like a season nine or season 10 episode there, they do like a flash forward where Lisa becomes the president and she is taking over the office from President Trump. Like yeah. that's the joke. Yeah. But it's said in like, and th- that episode would have been around 98 or 99, which as far as I know, he had no presidential aspirations or anything like that. But that's the thing now is like, Simpsons predicted President Trump in 1988, 1999. It's like, no, I don't think that they did. I think it's just a mere coincidence. Like, yeah. Well, I, I think he, the, it was probably because he was such an iconic figure around that time that it was like, oh, he would probably be president in 20 years. And, you know. Well, he been, he's been saying he was going to run for president for a really long time. He just yeah. never, like, around that time, real late 90s, early aughts, when was when he was doing the Reform Party thing, I think. Mm-hmm. But there, there were, I mean, there were a bunch of elections for a while where every time he would talk about how he was thinking of running. So that's why in 2016 it was kind of, uh, it was the first time he actually declared. Because, I mean, he'd been saying it, yeah, yeah. like I said, like a bunch of times. Yeah. So it, it, it's not necessarily, yeah, I, I mean, and totally out of the question, but as like a serious thing, it was definitely out of the question in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was still disrupt like bankrupting universities and selling bad states. And, so. and and having his own casinos go bankrupt, yes. And was it his first marriage that failed or his second? I don't even care anymore. Oh, uh, that would have been somewhere uh, first, between right? the second and third. I don't know. I, I guess that would have been post-Ivana pre-Melania. I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. Remember. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if this is necessary. I think it really is more coincidental than prescient um, views. But then again, uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to think about it too much because it might hurt my memories of the show. But uh, yeah, I think it's a solid episode. I think this is leaning more into what the series will become known as of just like really wacky stories 
uh, sort of all either intertwining or running separately, but uh, still helping create a solid episode altogether. Like none of these stories necessarily need the other to exist. Like you don't need the entourage story for the other two. You don't need the Jenna story for the other two. And obviously the Josh storyline is the most important, but they that still exists without these other two storylines. So those other two storylines could potentially be separate episodes, but maybe just weren't strong enough to stand on their own. So they just combined them into this one. Yeah. But yeah, like I think that's what the, the show will borrow heavily from going forward with, with future episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a sharp episode. I think the Jenna storyline was definitely the strongest. Yeah. Of the you mentioned you didn't like the entourage episode. Do you have any, real reason why no i just didn't think i mean i, I mean I, I thought there were funny moments but i i overall like it just it didn't i just wasn't super funny to me but i i, I do want to say it is interesting how you know a lot of like comedy shows and show like they're actually a paint gets painted as liberal but it really also does i mean it does really jab at celebrities like genotypes who I mean, it makes fun of it. It basically does the same thing as some celebrities are just stupid and think that they're, you know, they're promoting certain points of view, but they actually don't know what they're talking about and they sound ridiculous. So yeah, it actually kind of does a sharp job of jabbing, God, I don't want to say both sides, but I mean, it's yeah, kind I mean, of what it does. No, I mean, it's not like, it's definitely, it's a liberal viewpoint regardless, but it's still, it's it's not centrist in any way that... No. Yeah, like it does. But, it does poke fun of both sides, but it. I mean, it really. They're really because there really are celebrities out there that just regurgitate information they either yeah. read on the internet or, or read in articles, and and they're just saying it because they think, oh, that this will make me sound sound smart, or this will just make me sound like I'm in the know. But if you ask that person like two or three follow up questions to that, they probably don't have anything to go off of. So yeah, like it, it is nice that they poke fun at both sides because it's probably true. Or it is true. Yeah. Like the, the well, I think it's interesting because, you know, happen. most, I don't know, like, if you, probably some hard like conservatives say, like, oh, it's just another liberal Hollywood show that's in a bubble. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, well, actually, it it obviously has a certain viewpoint, but it still is sharp at critiquing right. certain things, too. Yeah. You know? But it's also, it's like, if they don't say anything, you get mad. Or, right. But if, so if they say something, you get mad. Yeah. As long as, if it's not, you know, what you like them to say. So it's just like, it's, I don't know. I've never liked that that mindset of everything has an agenda yes everything has an agenda you don't have to agree with it i don't know there's there's i mean there's stuff like that in video games now like with like companies you know doing quote-unquote progressive hires of hiring more women or hiring more people of color and things like that or more transgender people and things like that and like oh they're just trying to fill quotas it's the same thing as like affirmative action back in the 2000s like oh they're just they have to do it because they're filling quotas it's like okay or they, they made a video game character female or they made a video game character gay to, to fill some sort of uh, initiative or, or to, to market to someone. It's like, well, one, they are a business. So, yes, they're marketing because they need to make money and they want to make money. But also, you don't have to play it. And two, is, is it really problematic that your fictional character is now of a different gender or a different sexual orientation or anything like that? That your fic that your lore or this view of this character is now disrupted. That's silly. Like, it's it's a silly mindset, but it's also like these are people you can't reason with. So it's just like you let them talk into the little vacuums and sound as dumb and ignorant as they are, and just let it go. But sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you have to just be like, stop, please stop. Time to get rid of the internet. Oh god, the internet really was a mistake. Thanks, Al Gore. We'll see you in a couple episodes. Um, yeah. Oh, funny enough, they uh, this is the last thing I'll say. Simpsons actually had an episode uh, as of this recording where they go in to in, inside the Simpsons world. They have a cartoon series called Itchy and Scratchy, and they have it where they gender um, swap the characters, and now they're more they're female versions of these characters, and it starts a whole storyline of all the the little kids in town start. <laughs> start a men's right activist group but they call it the boys rights activists so they're bras um and so they're protesting the show and they're like yeah we're gonna hate watch it so we're gonna watch it and tell people how bad it was and then bart was like well actually why would we watch it why don't we hate not watch it and so like it's it's a it's actually a pretty good simpsons episode in modern times but it's it's just making fun of the whole thing of like what's wrong with stuff being gender swapped or whatever it's just silly good job simpsons it's a dumb hill to die on honestly but 
Anyway, Hardball is a great episode, solid episode. Really enjoyed it. Um, um, this next week's episode is a really star-studded cast. It's got a ton of people in it. Must have been Sweeps Week. It might have been. Also, remember when Sweeps Week was a thing? Because it's not anymore. I mean, it technically is, but not really. I guess it's not. Well, it's just because ratings now are just declined enough where it's like there's no point in, in stunting pulling for... Out, pulling out yeah. the punches. Well, and also I think ads are sold in different ways now that... It just doesn't. You're not going for the big broad stunts. Anymore. It seems like most of those are relegated to. It seems like for SNL, it's always the holiday episode and the season finale are the biggest episodes to pull out all the guest stars. Yeah. And for I guess for most sitcoms that I watch, it seems like the the holiday episodes are the ones that really go big. Um, maybe and I've always thought maybe there's a reason that because budgets or something like the budget's always going to be the biggest on the last episode of the season so you're able to afford a little bit more yeah but i don't know maybe yeah. if but if those budgets operate on a fiscal versus a calendar year maybe that's not why yeah. it's not important uh but next week episode is going to be the source awards we get ll cool j ghostface killer Ooh. we get wayne brady Ooh. it's a fun episode i'm looking forward to it so uh, as always, we thank you for joining us on Go to There. Uh, you are more than welcome. We urge you actually to leave reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts because that really is honestly how any podcast grows. In addition to listening and telling your friends, uh, and if you like what we're doing, you can donate to our coffee ko ficom backslash Go to There. And uh, we thank you. And David, take us out. See you next time. Nice. Go!